0: Welcome to The Greenhouse Athens, a podcast from The Greenhouse Church in Athens, Tennessee. This season, we're focusing on hearing stories of people saying yes to Jesus. A few weeks ago, our elder team gave an update on where we've been, where we are, and where we're headed as a church. Even if you were present at this gathering, we thought it fitting to make it into a podcast episode. You'll hear stories of multiple families stepping out in faith to be a part of what God is doing here in Athens. As well as be encouraged and challenged to live open handed, both individually and corporately. Here's Todd, Eric, Jeremy, Jimmy, and myself.
1: So, uh, what we're kind of sharing a a little update today, and as we share this update, you know, um, I've thought about God's rulership over our lives, which is his sovereignty. I've thought of his miracles, which is his intervention. I've thought of his providence, which is his like foreplanning of all these things that have happened and how it's, how it's brought about all this. I, I think also about uh, the story of Abraham. Um, you probably remember the VBS song, Abraham. Had many sons, many sons. Everybody with your right arm, right arm. Father Abraham, okay, so... <laughs> Um, but I think that the, one of the only, I think it's the only time in Scripture, other than Jesus talking to his followers, the disciples, that a person in Scripture is called a friend of God. Like Abraham is called a friend of God uh, in Isaiah and in 2 Chronicles, and it's repeated in the New Testament in a section in the little book of James. It's a little New Testament letter in five chapters, the second chapter, in a discussion about faith. Abraham is called a friend of God. And I love the description of Abraham in the Bible where it says, Abraham went out not knowing where he was going. Now, I feel it, that that's like Eric Ennis. He's coming on full-time not knowing if he's gonna get paid, but he's here. I'm just, i I'm just kidding, no. That's um, only, that's a joke. But you didn't laugh hard, but that's okay. But seriously, though, I think of when, we, when I think, so we're going to share with you some ways that God has sovereignly brought this about, providentially moved all the pieces, the dominoes in the right order. And even when we've put them in the wrong order, he's put them back in the right order um, and his miraculous intervention. So you're going to hear about what, what, where God's brought us. Um, and then I also want you to think about what could be, what could be in your life, in your parenting, in your marriage, in your employment, in your jobs, what could be if God were to say, hey, follow me in this area, follow me, surrender to me, and, and then maybe that title and description for you and me, I hope we would want that, that we would be called a friend of God, not just forgiven, not just on my way to heaven, not just the eternal you know, separation from God removed from my life, but I'm now moving toward friendship, closeness with God uh, James Howard's going to tell us about some of the ways that we've seen seen God work uh, out his his miracles and his his rulership in, in our history here
0: yeah so like first of all we like none of us i don't I don't think any of us would be in the room today if it wasn't for God's providence and I think that's true of the I hate to use this language the top down meaning like the leaders of the church down and so we we've seen that over and over again like this the greenhouse church wasn't just some dream in Todd's heart. And it wasn't just some dream in my heart or Eric's heart or any of these guys. Like it was like what the Lord was calling us to like from all a lot of different walks of life, a lot of different places geographically. Um, and I'll just talk about a few of those. These will be the cliff notes version. If you want to know more, ask these people to coffee or something, but, um, But I think about like Todd and Michelle, you know, like, and some of you have heard this before, but just how God was sovereign over them feeling drawn to Athens, not just drawn to Athens, but feeling like the Lord said, moved back home, you know, and Todd thought that he would be, uh, on the mission field somewhere, Mm -hmm. uh, overseas. And God called him back to his hometown of Athens, Tennessee, um, Yeah. So that's a little different than the plans they had, but they, uh, you know, Todd was working a residence life job at Lee university, had to, uh, essentially quit his job and they didn't have a place to live because their, their housing was in their, in their, a part of his job Uh on campus. And so, uh, didn't have a job and didn't have a house. And it kind of came down to the wire there. Uh, again, this is the cliff notes version, but, um, came down to the wire and, just literally right before you had to move, God opened a job at Wesleyan and he was he got to be residence life there. Yeah. And, um, and they allowed him to live off campus. I think they were supposed to, you were supposed to live on campus, but God orchestrated yeah. it in a way that. They didn't
1: have an apartment big enough. Okay, with,
0: there it is. For four kids. For all his kids. Yeah, no, but. Um, so God moved the Humberts back here. Um, I think about the Durhams, uh, Jeremy and Alicia and how they were uh, living in Knoxville, I believe at the time. Um, and felt the Lord say, move back to Athens, you know, at least you grew up here, uh, move back to Athens. And this was two years prior to us starting a church. So like, uh, I just, again, this all goes back to the province of God because who in the world could orchestrate this, but Jesus. And so, um, you know, they quit jobs, moved back, moved back to Athens, um, God provided jobs for them. Uh, And then two years later, God provided, uh, I believe y'all met at at an interest meeting at the YMCA. uh, uh, That was before my time for sure. But you walked in and it was like Athens church plant, like information gathering or something. And Jeremy and Alicia walk in and they're like, oh my goodness, this is the church that God told us to move here for.
1: I'm getting emotional. (laughs) Well, it's funny, that that info meeting was in the basement of the YMCA cry, baby. down the dungeon stairs. You ever have to walk down those dungeon stairs? Yeah. Yep. So the fact that anybody showed up for that interest meeting was miraculous. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my goodness. Um and then obviously and some of you have heard this and before, but like uh Mary Beth and I, uh, you know, we're both from South Carolina and finishing up college, praying through some different opportunities. Most of them were in South Carolina, like near our families, and uh, they were paying jobs. (laughs) Uh, But the Lord orchestrated in such a way for me to get to know, I mean, again, Cliff Notes version, but I've known like Ashton, for example, since I was like, a freshman in high school back home in South Carolina due to a mission team from Athens coming to my hometown. So it's just cool how God worked that out. But I would come up and uh, be a part of a conference and stay with you guys on the weekends. And then Mary Beth and I started dating. We'd do that together and come up. And anyway, just the friendship that, that God created in, in Eric and Ashton and, and Mary Beth and I. And then through them, we met Todd. And anyway, this was all about the time I was graduating and God just worked it out. to so Mary Beth and I were sure that the Lord called us here. And so, um, here we are. And again, that was pro bono at the time. Um, but the Lord provided jobs for both of us at the time. And, uh, yeah, it was Can great. We, some of y'all don't know, but
1: they didn't have a place to live yet when they were moving yeah, here yeah, yeah. and we were praying for an apartment. If, if you've tried to look for apartments lately, it's hard to find them. And it was hard to find them back then. And yeah. we just, uh, while th- we might've been on the phone, I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. But uh, a car broke down in front of my house, uh, flat tire, which yep. is a friend that I played high school soccer with who happened to have a lot of apartments in the Athens area. And I said, you got any open? He said, yeah, one's coming open. And so we fixed his tire and went to the apartment and took pictures yeah. and they, and they ended up living it. in it. Todd a-
0: FaceTimed me and walked through the house and we did like a verbal agreement over the phone. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Don't recommend doing it. I mean, if the Lord's calling you to it, do that. But uh, yes, um, well, who else? I mean, we could go on and on, but I think about uh, the Toomey's, you know, Chase, he was dead set on going to the Navy and uh, was right up to the end of that. And due to a medical thing, he couldn't do that. And so his whole life life plan shifted. And so ended up going to Lee, getting his uh, education degree to teach math, got a job here. Um, but even in the midst of all that, even going to the Navy, he was a part of this like core group of people. Um, and so it was cool how the Lord called them here. Um, and then obviously... Caroline Chase's wife. She met Jesus in the Humberts' living room. I'm pretty sure uh, at a after a community group. Um, and so now she's you know helping us with events and admin stuff. And they've been apart from the very beginning. I also think about. and I promise I'm almost done. I think about uh, Patrick and Ariana Rucker. You know they Patrick's from Ohio, Ariana's from New Hampshire, and met at Lee and. They shouldn't live in Athens, Tennessee, guys. Like they should they wouldn't be living here if God hadn't called them to be a part of the greenhouse. And so uh, they took that step of faith, God provided jobs for them. Um, and so again, I could literally tell you about 17 more easy stories, but um, you get the point. Like this wasn't just something we manufactured because we wanted to have our own church. This was something that God put together um, in a beautiful way. <laughs> try again. <laughs> so,
2: um, so that's a good look at just some, like you were saying, just a few stories that are tied to our background. Uh, kind of our current ground, like where we are now, um, is we, we obviously have been meeting here in the auditorium for four and a half years. And, uh, and so I, I hesitate to say it like that because it sounds like what the greenhouse is and what the church is Is whatever you see from 1030 to noon every Sunday but built into the DNA of this church from the very beginning when we were meeting in your living room was that that, that's not what we believe the church is the church is people obviously that are pursuing Jesus first and foremost but also we built in really early this the concept of community groups Um, uh, say oh yeah if you're a part of a community group it's a big part of who we are uh, and so we just thought like there's only so much. That, do you want to say something? I thought you were saying you want to. say I
1: was going to say something, but I, go. You sure? Please. Well, I just we have we use a church software called Planning Center. It's the app, the church center app, and they made us purchase a higher subscription this week because it said you've exceeded um, your number of people involved in community groups. It says you now have 158 people involved in community groups, and that I was is like, awesome. what? <laughs>
2: And so that we just realize if we trap church in a 90-minute window one day a week, uh, I mean, we know that Jesus can, the gospel can be shared in those 90 minutes, but why, if we really believe this message and love this, why would we keep it? Just on Sunday mornings, and so we developed uh, what started out as a community group or two. These, if you don't know what they are, it's just in-home Bible studies. But but it's it's more than just that. Not that it has to be more than that. But we, you know, spend time developing a community, a family of people that is beyond your blood, but. Just why not expand the amount of people that we call families so that when we go through the, the big moments, the great moments, the tough moments, there are more people kind of in our circle that we can live life with. Of course, there's uh, an eating component uh, for a lot of our groups. But but anyway, community groups have been a big, big part of, of who we are. And so if you're getting to know Greenhouse, uh, we, we can't really get much further besides you know what we see on Sundays. You, you can't go very far without talking about community groups next. It's just a big part of who we are. Um, there are... <clears throat> Two specialized community groups: MYCG, which is the youth uh, community group, which is going—I hope it's going well. If it's not, you should fire me because that's—that's like my job. Um, and then you have MSCG, which is the middle school community group, which is going really well too. Um, and then our next generation, our, our kids' ministries, we have, what, 60, 70 kids every single Sunday. Uh, Michelle's doing a brilliant job with that. So that's kind of giving you a good look at, at our investment in the next generation and our kids from, from high school down um, and we 've also got i mean we from the very beginning, we have been investing uh, prayer time we 've been in investing finances into international missionaries and teams, uh, some of which were already on the grounds, others that we just kind of helped support them from here from Athens, and then they have taken off uh, to head overseas. Uh, That's been a a big push. And and to be honest with you, one of the things I love about our church is when you're a church plant and you're young, a lot of times that's one of the things that you don't do because you kind of just protect what's here and what you might think is yours, let's protect our people, let's establish our church, and then when we get the finances, we'll support, you know, outside of our community, and that's just, that's just not who we've been from the very beginning. Uh, We understood that the mission of God and the gospel is far beyond Athens, Tennessee, it's far beyond the greenhouse, and we've been, we've been hopefully living that out um, from the very beginning. Uh, We're also really excited about the fact that we're going to here pretty soon be affirming our first group of deacons uh, or servant leaders. There are people that we just been noticing, hey, they have been serving without a title, without specific roles or requirements or specifications, and they've just been serving because they want to for the glory of God. And so for the very first time here, we're in a position to affirm and and revealed to you who our first deacons are, which is really, really, really exciting. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's a, a huge deal. And also, as we get older and as we get, you know, larger and kind of expand, we've noticed a lot of our uh, admin needs have grown. And so it's been really cool as our admin needs have kind of risen More and more of you have come in and said, hey, I could do that. Hey, I could do that. Hey, I can serve that role. I can can do that. So it's just been really neat. It's kind of just a a real quick look at where we are right now um, from a ministerial standpoint. And, And if you're only coming to the greenhouse Sunday mornings, you might not see all the other things that are happening on the outside.
3: Yeah. Thanks, Eric. So yeah, so one neat thing to see God's faithfulness sometimes when you're looking over a period of time at least from a standpoint, is, is looking at how he provided, right? So, and when I say provided, for, for I, I'm an elder over finances, so looking at that and seeing that track record is, is pretty, pretty amazing. And so let me, let me walk you back to the beginning. So if you don't know, we, we were financially supported by a church called Public Church in Cleveland. They committed $100,000 to us over a five-year period. A lot of money, right? And they were not that old of a church when they did that, by the way, okay? So that period of five years is almost over. The good thing is, is we only had to use that money, really, some of the money for the startup costs, the sound system, what you see in the kids area, you know, that, that sort of thing. We've been pretty much self-sufficient budget-wise on our own from day one, which is really amazing to think about that. So we've been able to set aside uh, quite, quite a bit of money for that. So when we launched in April of 2018, that was the first time we had a service in here. Uh, It was, (laughs) I remember it was a lot, it was a little nervous, you know, like is just the people that were meeting in our living room gonna show up or is it more? And we were blown away actually how many came. Uh, At the time, we had $24,000 in our bank account, okay? Sounds like a lot of money, right? But in the church world, that's really not that much money, okay? Uh, Currently, we have over $250,000 cash, okay? If you add what the land value is that we own, which I'll talk about more in a minute, we're up over a, close to a half a million dollars in net assets in four years. Can you believe that? Not to mention the covering the budgets for the last four years that were fully funded and we had surplus every year. Blown us away. So in 2018 when we launched, Uh, As these guys previously mentioned, they were all part-time, Eric, James, and Todd. We rode that out through 18 and 2019 in January of 2020, okay? So not that long ago is when Todd came on full-time for us, okay? What happened in the spring of 2020? You guys remember that? Yeah. So imagine hiring your first full-time staff. Hey, we're going to pay your salary, quit your job, and we may not get to meet, imagine that i remember the holy spirit though saying after a meeting discussing that very point jeremy that that's my job jesus will handle the finances you guys navigate the church through covid and, and i'll handle the finances yeah and i don't think we ever talked about it again after that point you know after the after that meeting uh so, so we, we, we made it through the, the, the pandemic year. It, it was pretty crazy. We invested a lot of money in live stream and a lot of that stuff that you guys are seeing today came, came from that. But when we got to the end of 2020, okay, we were looking at 2021 and we all felt this sense that there was two things on our radar. One, given everything that happened, the pandemic uncertainty, maybe we should start this conversation of our next, where, where should we go if something happens, this ended here or whatever. Uh, and then also that we, the church had grown to the point where we really needed a second staff member, okay? And, but we couldn't financially afford both of those. So in December of 2020, you guys may remember, we asked you guys to pray and fast during that month cause, to help us discern what to do. And you guys submitted what you were hearing from the Holy Spirit. Okay, so, so don't miss this. In January, so the very next month, we got together to discuss what you guys had submitted, and it became very clear that God was saying to do both. Once again, financial challenge. Once again, the Holy Spirit, Jeremy, I'll take care of that. Don't you worry about that. So here's, here's the neat thing. So in 2020, during the pandemic, we first learned of this acreage that was for sale behind the bowling alley. We're trying to navigate COVID. I can't say we gave a lot of thought process to that, but we did look into it. And then about the point where we were getting to talking numbers, maybe talk to the bank, things like that, we got a call out of nowhere that says the land's not available. Sold it. Okay. Well, right after this elders meeting in that January, two hours later we get a phone call from that same person that says, hey, you know that land that I said I sold last year? That land didn't go through. Do you want it? What about God's time? Right after we had a meeting discussing that we we're gonna do both. So in April of last year, we bought that, bought that land, $175,000. by six and a half acres, $175,000. Back then seemed like okay deal. Now it seems like probably a really good deal, given the way property has, has went up. You know, so, so we presented to you guys, hey, let's get this knocked out in two years. That was kind of Jimmy's suggestion. We didn't know if that was realistic or not, had no clue. Two years, pay off $175,000, that, that's a lot of money. But we put it before you guys. We also brought on the volunteer staffs that, that Rick mentioned earlier uh, and invested in them. So we're thinking, hey, volunteer staff, that's the staff part we bought land. That's the, that's the future home part. We're done, right? Well, God wasn't done it. In 2021, the giving outpaced what we projected. So just one year ago, we were able to bring James How- Howard on as the second full-time Staff person. So God provided. Think about that. All through the pandemic year, post-pandemic, and God's still providing. Okay? Now, here's where it gets even more challenging. This year, January, James Howard had just been hired a few months. Eric comes to us, and he's like, guys, I feel this sense. I feel like God continues to confirm that this might be my last year. Like, Eric, this is like January. Like, we can't make a financial decision about this year (laughs) and radically change our budget one month into the, you know? Like, how do we do that? So what do you do in that situation? Pray, right? Yeah. So yeah. we put that before the Lord. We're like, God, what, what's some ways that maybe we could seek confirmation that, that you're in this? And, of course, again, it's confirming things, and maybe he can tell his, that part of his story at a later day. But we need, from the church standpoint, if we're going to commit to financially say, hey, we can take care of you, how do we do it? So Todd suggested, hey, and this was kind of internal elder stuff. I'm not sure that we even brought this before you guys. Let's pray that Eric has to make the decision by April of this year. What if that land was paid off by the end of April? That's only one year since we bought it. Could that be confirmation? Coming into April of this year, we owed $70,000 on the land. But what did God do? Out of the blue. So-and-so, hey, I feel like the Lord said to give you this. I feel like the Lord said to do this, do this. And over the course of one month, that $70,000 went to zero. Can, Can you I just it? add this little yeah, piece?
2: Right um, I know no one knows this part, and I don't even know if I should tell this part, but I'm going to. Um, but up to that point, we had, that I was aware of, and maybe there's more stuff happening behind the scenes, I'm not sure, but... Um, one of you in the audience uh, sat down with Ashton and me, and I did, not know, uh, I did not know how much we still owed on the land at this point. And um, I sat down, and, and I had no idea this conversation was coming, but this family out here looked at Ashton and me and said, Look, we really believe in what the greenhouse is doing. Want to be a part of it? And so we want to write a check for $15,000. And we don't know what that's going to do for the church. We know maybe that's a small piece, but that is something we want to do. And that was done in about March as we were getting close to April. And uh, when I called Todd to tell him that, he told me that we owed 14000 at the time, which was just about a week or two before I had to make the decision. And, um, and we... We did not, I hope I hope you feel this way, and, and I, we really tried to make sure it was not this way, that we were kind of like really pushing at that point, so mm-hmm. can't tell you why, but please pour your money in. <laughs> uh, it might be, you know, uh, we didn't do any little fundraisers or, mm-hmm. you know, we'll give a gift card out or some random giving family. It, we really tried not to do that because we really wanted this to be fully in God's hands and not manipulative in any way. Yeah. And uh, so that was just kind of a cool little side story that I think for me was... Uh, really good confirmation. Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah, it's awesome. So again, another story that lines up in a long line of stories of God's faithfulness, God leading and guiding, you know, and you guys probably have similar stories in your own personal lives Mm -hmm. that we're sharing here today. So the good news is the year panned out pretty good and we had a finance team meeting a couple weeks ago and we're gonna be able to fully fund Eric for this year. Of course, we only got three months left in the year, but God provided and if the trends continue, it looks like we'll be able to support him full-time next year as well. <laughs> yeah. That's good, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't guess we talked about 2023 now. Yeah, think, yeah. You know, we're, we're just worried about this year, okay? <laughs> no, so, uh, okay, so, so now I know many of y'all have had these thoughts, and, and, and let's talk about the land for, for a moment. So we, we got it paid off in a year. We didn't see that coming, you know, so we're kind of we're caught on our heels a little bit. But I think we share this same thought process. When there's something ahead of us that, we're, that we don't have any experience in, it's very important to get yourself in front of people that are smarter than you, maybe have more experience than you have, maybe made some mistakes and learned from that and that sort of thing. And so back in the summer, um, I, had, uh, I had heard a podcast several years ago uh, about a company in Birmingham that specializes in, in church building. They do anything from consulting all the way to building it. They'll do whatever you need them to do. But they, were, they built a, a church for free for a church in Texas that uh, had a, a mass shooter come in uh, several years ago. You may remember that. They, they, they built them a new church. And they were just talking about the ins and outs of church, security, how the design has changed, blah, 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 And I'm like, you know, all that. But then I thought I heard about how they take some of the money that they made and they've started not-for-profits where they've planted tons of churches millions have come to know the lord and i'm sitting here thinking like this company gets their platform like they understand that yeah they build churches but it's more about the kingdom of god right and so i was like maybe one day if we own land we can give them a call or whatever so this past summer i sent an off an email to info at mga.com just a generic email on their website i get an email back from the owner of the company the same guy who was on that podcast, and so this is not a small company that, that. and so we schedule a, a Zoom call, and we just kind of connected. It was really neat. And there was a thing that, that Scott is the guy who owns this company. He kept saying, you guys are so refreshing. And we really didn't know how to take that. Because you think about, he works with a lot of different churches. Some that spend more money in a week than we do in a whole year, you know. And he's like, he's like, hey, you guys know J.D. Greer, right? We're like, you talking about the one that's on rock right now, media all the time, and we do Bible study. Yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, he's a friend of mine, you know, and all this stuff, we're just like, well, what are we doing talking to this guy, you know? But anyway, so, so he invited us down to Birmingham this past summer, spent most of a half a day with us, provided us lunch, didn't charge us a dime. And we asked just tons of questions. He asked questions, and we just spent a lot of time just figuring this process out, you know? And so, as also in addition to that, he said, Scott set us up with a meeting with the North American Mission Board in Atlanta, which we went down and met with last month. North American Mission Board plants churches, supports churches from the very first day to to whenever. They're there to support, and they have tons of opportunities. Again, the guy spent a half a day with us, didn't charge us anything, paid for our lunch. Like, real, or just like, we're sitting here like, why are we in front of these guys? Again, it's God, right? It's God. So we asked some questions. You know, let's say a 350 to 450, 500 person auditorium, what's, what would that cost to build? And he's like, well, you know, to build a 300 to a 500 person is basically the same cost because you're just building out. It's just empty air, things like that. It, it, he said, what, what's inside is kind of the same. When you get up above, bigger than that, that, that changes the whole design and gets more expensive. So we're like, okay, what's a 500 person auditorium? He said, five, six million dollars. To build that, the offices, the kids area, That that's from the first shovel in the ground to we hand you the keys. And it's a not nice facility, right? We said, okay, we've heard... Metal buildings are a thing. What what, what about those? He's like, well, we've built a ton of metal buildings. He said, you're looking at maybe saving 20%. He said, because from a church standpoint, so much of the stuff that goes inside is the same cost. He said, there are some people that spend, you know, a lot of their budget just on sound system. You know, you think about that, TVs, all the technology that's got to be to be kind of be the church in this current age, you know, to get to everything that we're doing in here out there. Mm-hmm. So it became very clear.
1: Jeremy, to them, they, they also said, if you don't mind me interrupting that, that whether it's a metal building or not a metal building, everything from the ground and foundation is the same, right? Like the, all the dirt work, all the electricity, all the plumbing, all the, all the pouring the footers and all that. It's all, they, they said the sewer and that, that's really the, a huge expense um, if, if I remember correctly. So it, it, that's why they'd said, that's another reason why they said we'd only save 20%, because uh, whether it's metal or not, the, the groundwork is still the same.
3: Yeah. So from that meeting, it became very clear to them and to us there's a partnership there for us someday with both of them. And we don't know what that's gonna look like. But a limiting factor for us right now is our budget. So currently our budget for this year is about 255, 255,000. If we were to try to build something right now, the maximum loan we could probably give would be 750,000, maybe a million dollars. But then we would have to add probably another 50 to $70,000 to our budget just to kind of cover the payments, the utilities. You can just see how that's just starting, starting to add up. Uh, so then I asked the question, I said, okay, what, from a a budgeting standpoint, how are we doing financially here at the greenhouse? And he said, well, demographics are different, small town, big town, wealthy areas, not, you know, that sort of thing. He said, but generally speaking in the church world, they kind of project $2,000 per person per year. Okay, so you break that down, say a family of four, that's assuming that they have two working parents that make $40,000 each, and they give 10%, and again, this is just general numbers. You can see how that number is not, not too far off, and there's some people in here that make less than that, there's some people in that make two or three times that, so you can see those averages are not super crazy. So, where are we, so I was like, okay, where are we at as a greenhouse? So we're at 45% of that average. So if you were to take that $2,000, multiply it times how many people we have, we're talking a $560,000 budget. That's a totally different conversation. If you got three hundred more thousand dollars to work with, and that's not this—that's not like some hey feel bad blah blah, give us money. That's just just kind of s- s- scenarios. And if that two fifty five of where we're at right now is a real number, that we're good with that. We will use every penny of that wisely, and we'll do the maximum that we can do with it for the kingdom of God with what God has given us. We're we'll just trying to be honest today, let you know where we're at, and, and that's just kind of some some things that was presented to us. Now, from that meeting, and I'll I'll finish what I was gonna say with this, they gave us three scenarios. One scenario, we keep doing what we're doing, keep growing the church, let our budget continue to grow, wait till we can financially support the utilities of a building and all the costs that goes into a building, and then we start a capital campaign to build at that point and and all that stuff. Number two was keep the land, but maybe we find an in-between spot that's like a million. Maybe it's a building that's already built uh, to where we can just go in and renovate it. Maybe it's potentially using one of some of the schools that come available next year that are going to be vacant uh, and, and maybe put, do some renovation there, trying to keep that budget under a million dollars and let that be a stepping stone to where the church can continue to grow until we can afford to develop the property. And then the, the third and final one is, is to actually go ahead and start raising money, and then just let God work on the timeline and to develop our land and not do a middle middle you know stepping stone type thing. and, and that may take years, may take a decade. I don't, I don't know what God's got in store for us, but He has provided so faithfully up to this point that I'm fully confident He will lead and guide us to the next step. Now one thing that, that and I cause this the nothing should be off the table for us, they recommended. That right now, yeah, we do have property, but we haven't built on it yet. We haven't done anything like don't get so tunnel focused on that that you miss maybe a great opportunity somewhere else that's kind of something else to do in the meantime, so to speak. You know, so we're so in other words, we're not, you know, maybe maybe God brought that land. To us to build on, which I think he has. I think we all agree with that. But they even threw out, what if he brought that so you could turn around, and sell it, and make a lot of money, and then go do something even bigger? Yeah, we're like, well, what do we even think about that? You know? But so it's not saying we're gonna do that, but it's just nothing's off the table. You know? He's gotta see a lot of different scenarios. And so, uh, so Jimmy's gonna talk a little bit about what, how you guys can help us with this.
4: These guys said it's so true, and, and you know, it, our heads were spinning a lot when we went and met with people. But one thing that I realized is that there's a calling for everyone um, that we should realize. Uh, one thing uh, we should have a calling for prayer. You know, we should really pray um, about what God is wanting us to do. Okay. And once we trust in prayer with God, then we become dependent upon God and let God decide what we want, not what we want for God, for us to tell God what we want. In other words, let God tell us, not let us tell God. Um, I think that's one of my problems, too, is that sometimes I say, well, we should do this, and well, is that what God wants? Maybe not. We should be praying for that. And the third thing is that uh, we should take action. Uh, how, can we, how can we take action to... Um, To show God that we truly believe in what what he's wanting us to do take action and you know we we've all been to different churches where preachers have gotten up and said you got to give you got to give you got to give that's what God tells us to do you pray to God and let God tell you what he wants you to do depend on God and 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 that's it um that, that will change our lives. That will change our church. That will change everything that we do if we truly pray to depend on God. And so, I mean, that's, that's all I have to say about that. Um, and, and God has been so, he's been so good to me and my family. And, uh, and I'm, I'm becoming more dependent upon him to uh, lead me uh, in the right way. Okay? So, closing prayer. Would
1: you? Yes. Would you, Jimmy?
4: Thank you. And, uh, okay, let's pray. Uh, Father, we, uh, we thank you uh, once again for what you provided for us. Uh, not only have you provided us a place to worship, and we're so thankful for that, but you have provided uh, great leadership in this church that, uh, that allows us to understand what your vision is for us through Todd's messages, through Eric, through James Howard. Uh, God, we know that they are godly men, and 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 we entrust in them that they will lead us through what you want from us. And no matter where, where we worship God, you're still God. It doesn't matter where we worship, uh, but we thank you for just the opportunity to have a place to worship. We love you. We pray that you will just continue blessing us. And um, we we love you, God. In Christ's name, amen.
1: Amen.
0: God has been so faithful to us in our first four and a half years as a church. And we know that he'll continue to be as we move forward. Pray with us as we are seeking what's next for the greenhouse. And pray that Jesus' name will be above every name, and that he will get every ounce of glory as we are planning and praying. If you'd like to donate, you can do so on the Church Center app. Select the Mission Facility line. The link will be in our show notes. If you have any questions, please send us a message on Instagram or Facebook at The Greenhouse Athens. We'd love to connect with you. Thanks for listening.